hearken to the voice of the shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. And how they prove that they know me is that they hear my voice. In the midst of all the voices that are that we, we, we perceive every day, there's only one voice of the shepherd. There's only one voice of the good shepherd. And every day he trains us to hear his voice. Because there are some, some voices that, were, that will sound like the master's voice. They try to copy his voice. Copy the way he talks. Your mind will tell you all kinds of things that appears very religious. But that's what the voice of the master. The devil knows that our strength as God's people is that we have the ability to hear God's voice. So we can decode the voice of our daddy. And when he speaks, we know he's one saying what he's saying. And because we have the assurance that he's one speaking and saying what he's saying, we have the ability also to respond quickly. So when Jesus was making that comment, I know my sheep and they know me and they hear my voice. You see, he is just trying to emphasize that the ability for them to hear his voice is a very crucial aspect of their lives. So we must battle every day as God's people to secure the true voice of Jesus. And if you're not trained to hear his voice, you will never perceive when he's speaking to you. So each time we come under this type of tutelage, we are sharpening our spirit to be able to be familiar with the voice of Jesus. A lot is happening to us each time we gather like this, but we don't know. On to the day of reckoning. When you go to a medical student and start speaking engineering language, they will tell you, please, I don't understand what they are saying. You are speaking English. But you cannot communicate. Likewise, too, when a medical student starts speaking medical language to a geologist, there's a level they will reach. They say, okay, please, I don't understand what you are trying to explain. Can you say it again? When he starts speaking some you know, medical words that are so long and you don't know whether it is Russia, or India, a mix of English and Greek, you don't understand. I know how many times many of you have gone to hospitals and they will, after diagnosing you, they say you have this issue and they will call it. Even the name you hear is enough to give you fear in your heart. But it could be a very, a very small gem that needs to be you know, dealt with. But the name they will call will so frighten you. Because what? You don't understand what they're saying. 
So there's power in understanding the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. So if you're not schooled in medicine, you will not understand the voice of the medical science. If you are not tutelaged in, in uh, engineering, you cannot understand their language. Likewise, too, if you are, if you are a, a shepherd of Christ, if you are not trained to hear his voice, you will not know when he's speaking. Amen. Amen. That is why we must dispose ourselves to be ready. There's a big lie that is holding the church bondage. And just because we go to church on Sunday, get the first readings done, they receive the sacrament, that's enough. No. You've been making a very big mistake. So we're trusting the Holy Spirit as he's furnishing us with all that Jesus has given to us. He's equally helping us to hear the voice of Jesus all the time. So that when we are confronted with circumstances and situations where we must hear from our commander-in-chief, when he roars, we can discern his voice. We know the pattern through which he speaks. We know the concepts he communicates. He cannot communicate what is outside his own you know, dimension. There is no way one day the Spirit of God will tell us, oh yeah, now you can start carrying calabash with uh, good blood inside. No, he can't speak like that. Because we see some pastors today who will tell you, go to that junction. If you want to deal with this person, get a calabash. Inside, put salt, put oil, put one egg there. You will see what Jesus will do for you. He doesn't speak. He doesn't. This is not captured in the kind of his system. That's not part of him. And many Christians are deceived. It's not because they feel that this is a pastor that he cannot do something like that. So we'll tell you, okay. For this breakthrough to happen, wake up at midnight, come out, strip yourself naked, and use this water and bath, and speak whatever you like. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's not consistent with the voice of Jesus. No matter who is telling you that, whether it's a priest, a pastor, no. And unfortunately, many of us Christians fall victim of all this. They tell you outlandish things and you believe them because you don't know the voice of the master. Praise the Lord. So that's why the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the washing of the water by the word of God is very, very integral in your life. Very important. That church that will be glorious. That church that will be victorious. I'm going to talk about the church. We're not talking about the structure. We're not talking about the masses. You are the church. 
that church that will be gl- glorious and victorious, that church that will be, that will be militant in its assignment, is a church that is constantly washed through the water of the word of God. And how is that church being washed through the teaching ministry? So the Holy Spirit will continue to stir up in the heart of God's people, raising people who were equipped with the wisdom, the knowledge of the things of the Spirit to bless the church, to bless God's people with sound knowledge of his word. So that when Jesus speaks, you know, each time he speaks and communicates, because they have familiarized themselves with the way he does his things and says things and the way he communicates, they can pick his words and say, yes, this is the master speaking. Because he speaks consistently. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. And what he says to one, he says to all. May your spirit man be sharpened and sensitive to his voice, henceforth, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hmm. I say in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is so much we can learn. Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When you begin to train yourself in the word of God, from already given word, which is the scriptures, as you graduate and start getting into sonship, every day you must hear from him. David said, oh Lord, you spoke to me once, but twice have I heard. What does that mean? David heard the word of God from scriptures. He read the works of Moses. He read the works of Joshua. He read the works of the kings. That's the one voice he heard. But after that, he heard a second one. And what is the second one? God began to use what he has heard to now speak to him again in his own context. And it's that second one that actually impacts your life and makes a difference. That gives the energy you need. The energy that will sustain you. The energy that will make you to stick to the right judgment, the right decisions. The energy that will make you to make the right choices in life. That the energy of influence from the negative supernatural will not push you to make the mistakes others are making. You will not lack the moral rectitude to stick and say, this is my decision and I'm sticking to this. Even though it is painful, I stick to it. Because you have heard the second dimension of his word. If not, you will be influenced. Praise the Lord. So you must understand this. And apart from all that God is doing in your life, the Holy Spirit has two missions to accomplish. First of all, to take what is of Christ and bequeath it to you. Jesus said it. 
when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take what is mine and do what? Declare them to you. He will take what is mine and declare them to declare them to you. Praise the Lord. John chapter 16, verse 14. John chapter 16, verse 14. Okay, let me take it here. He said, let's start from verse um, 13. He says, however, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Say all truths. All truth. How many of them do you know now? How many has the spirit led into? You see the point? For he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak what he hears. John chapter 16, verse 14. But he will speak what he hears, and he will declare to you what is to come. That is, he will make your spirit have the ability to perceive the future. You will have, you will, you will, your mood will help you understand the future is not too, it's not going to be easy. And so the spirit start preparing you with what it takes to face that future. God will not take away the troubles, but he will equip you what it takes to be able to pass through the troubles. Did you get that now? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen to me now. Get this. Get this now. Very important. God does not address your troubles. God gives you what it takes to deal with the troubles. So don't pray, oh God, take away this trouble from me. Mm-mm. He won't take it away. But he will furnish you with all that it takes for you to step into that trouble and the trouble will not word consume you. Do you get that now? Any trouble whatsoever, physical troubles, spiritual troubles. He says, as you are passing through the fire, you will pass through it. But it will not word consume you. But as for fire, you will feel it. You will see it. You will enter it. He said, you pass through the waters, but it will not what? Swallow you. But as for passing through water, you will surely what? Pass through the water. Which one is greater? That he takes away the fire and the water and nothing comes to you, then he prepares you to pass through it and the thing does not achieve the same. Which one is greater? Amen. Huh? Now, do you know why he prepares you to pass through the fire? So that the next time you meet fire, you can see continue to pass through it. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, many of us prefer, God, please take away this trouble from me. And never open themselves up to be built up to have what it takes to confront the situation, pass through the situation, Without the situation or the circumstance, you know, dominating you. So he will declare to you what is to come. 
He will show you both good and bad situation and prepare you with all that it takes to face it and come out of it victoriously. Verse 14. He will glorify me, how? By taking from me, taking from what is mine and disclosing it to you. Amen. Did you hear that? Oh, you're really excited about it. Wow. But if Buhari says now, if I step down from my government, whatever belongs to me, let that on the general of the federation give it all to you. You say, ah, what does that matter? You now start searching. What the what does he have? Okay. How much is his salary? How much is his pension? You start searching. But Jesus is telling now, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You are not excited. You know, if you say, what does he have? Hey, church, are we here? Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, since I read this, I said, Jesus, we didn't ask him. He said this with his own mouth. It's not an answer prayer. He declared, he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take what is mine and they'll disclose it to you. Now, do you know what Jesus has? The Son of God. Hey, church. Hmm. He didn't send prophets. He didn't send prophets to declare what he has to you. He said, when that spirit of truth comes. So it's an assignment he has bequeathed to the Holy Spirit to declare to you what he has. Why is he declaring to you? The Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ. That means whatever he has, by virtue of his death, having shed in our flesh and blood, we too have equal rights to whatever he possesses. This is too strong. This is too much for our religious mind. Oh, how can you mean what Jesus has? I have it too. No, now maybe he just uh, he's trying to encourage us. But that's a fact, the child of God. That's the truth. That whatever Jesus has, we equally have the same ownership. Not that we're going to be begging him. Look at it now. He said, when the Spirit comes, he will take what is mine and disclose it to you. That means he will discharge it to you. Even before he left, he said, my peace. I do what? Hiya. My peace, I bequeath to you. Not the peace of the world in case you want to mix it up. Now, how many times have you stood your ground and said, I refuse to be confused because Jesus gave me his peace. I refuse to be troubled because we are still, eh, eh, we are still juxtaposing the peace of the world as if that's the peace of Christ. Peace means no trouble. Hmm? No arm robbery attack. No sickness. No failure. Everything I want is working out fine. So, I have peace. No. Dear child of God, what is his peace? His peace is this, that he will equip you with all that it takes, that any trouble that comes, you will pass through it as if nothing has happened. So, you'll be more concerned, not about the troubles around you, but about what you have inside that surpasses all the troubles. Now, there was a scenario 
of the disciples of Jesus being sent to go across the sea after they fed the 5,000. And Jesus went back to the mountain to go and pray. And when he finished, the Bible says, I did fourth watch of the night. When the disciples were on the high sea, having trouble with the waves and the storm that hit them at midnight. Now they were there wishing, oh, if the master was here, you have dared with this issue for us. And they were there, you know, exercising all their expertise to see how they can survive. And in the midst of that trouble, in the midst of all those issues where they were seeing death already, I'm sure some of them were already given up, the master began to walk in the same water where there was waves, where there were storms, and did not even walk towards them. They were like the other side, walking the other way. He himself was walking in the water and moving in the same water. Amen. What do you think he was trying to communicate to them? And then while that was happening, John, one of the disciples said, ah, that's the spirit causing this wave. No wonder. Then John looked closely and said, no, that's the Lord. He said, no, I lie. Then I'll lie. How can? Then himself looked and said, Ha! How can us, how can we be here struggling to come out of this trouble? And the master is in the wave and they stop moving. Not only that he was just walking, but he was walking in the midst of the wave and the storm, and he was not even coming in that direction. He was moving his own way. Peter said, No. Something is wrong somewhere. Master. I know you can you can do anything, but if you're the one, please, I'm not even asking you to come. You're not getting what I'm trying to say. You're not catching up at all. Until you, until you enter that boat, you won't understand the game that was there. You know, I entered the boat some time ago. I was in that boat. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. You need to ask the Lord, please, take me to that boat again in the spirit. And be with them in the spirit. And feel what I felt. I'm sure if we were in that boat and John said, That's the Lord, please tell me the truth. What will be your prayer? The first prize which we what? Eh? Eh, Jesus, come and save us now. Abby? But Peter, when Peter saw it, Peter knew there was something Jesus was trying to communicate. And Peter did not waste time. He didn't say, Lord, come and save us. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, can't you care? Mm-mm. If you're the one, I think I now get the message. We're not asking you to come. Ask me to come. I'm ready to leave this place I think is safety. I think you are the proper safety yourself. You're not getting the point at all. Ah, it's like, let's change the topic. I think we can go for other ones. Eh? Let's talk about uh, God blessing us with bread and, and, and with the, eh? Let's talk about some other thing. Can we just raise some prayers now? Oh God, bless our job, bless our career, give us food. Eh? Can we go there? Eh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because I'm, I'm trying to, we're, we're trying to climb up somewhere, but people like, people like the place where they will share food. Eh? Eh? Are we together here? Yes. The spirit is trying to take us somewhere to see something. Yes. Peter's prayer point changed. Master, if you are the one, now ask me to come. And Jesus did not waste time. That means that Peter got the message. Come. 
and Peter did not waste time. Can you imagine? You think uh, it's, a, it's a story that it never happened. There are some times you, are, you find yourself in, in, in a situation where God is not waiting for you to pray and say, come and help me. You'll be praying, he'll keep quiet. It means he wants you to understand something. There are some prayers I pray now that will never be answered. Just like the disciples themselves. But God is trying to communicate something to you to come up to another level and act based on the knowledge and the wisdom that comes at that level. Set your heart now. All those prayers of 10 years ago, you have been praying that prayer. Five years, you have been praying one prayer for five years, six years, one year. Six, no, wait, wait. Change that prayer. God is trying to tell you something. Oh God, do this for me. Oh God, can you see my troubles? Oh God, change my situation. Oh God, don't allow my enemies to, to put me to shame. Eh, eh. God won't answer that prayer. Oh God, why? Why have you left me all these years like this? Amen. You must catch this mystery. If you don't catch this, if you allow that to distract you, ah, sorry for you, sorry for you. Some of us are taking this so serious, no more looking back. Upwards only. By force, by fire, we're moving. We're starting a journey that we cannot allow anything to interfere again. If you are the one master, ask me to come. Do you ever say, Peter, are you sure? He said, excuse me, listen, I caught the message. You guys remain here. And Peter stepped out. This is a person who is struggling to survive the waves. The waves are still on. The storms were still there. It's not, God of, it's not a prayer of protection. Peter stepped into the trouble and walked. And walked. He walked in the water. No devotion. He walked in it. No fasting. He walked on top of the water. I like his, uh, his, his bravery. Peter can be a little bit erratic, but it's good to also be erratic with the faith. God sometimes is waiting for you to take some steps that appear so stupid as if you are taking risk. Yes, take that risk in his name. But Peter had the right voice. He was listening to the voice of death before then. Amen? What I know, hey, what can we do? All of them were scared, struggling. Fear was in their heart. They were already despondent. They were just hoping that, hey, God, may we reach the end of the sea. But when the master spoke, he heard another voice. The voice of Christ will what? Suffocate the voice of fear. The voice Hmm. <laughs> this thing 
Will you walk? Will you not walk? Now, wow. Can I manage this? And immediately the voice of death and fear was more than the voice of Christ in that very sink. So the problem is not the water. The problem is what are you what? Yeah. Child of God, what will lift you up is what you're hearing. What will sink you is what you're hearing. Keep listening to death. Keep listening to fear. Continue to yield your temple to stupid spirits who are looking for who to devour. You think the devil appear with horns on his head? He will whisper things in your mind. Tell you negative things. Kinda thoughts. Stupid thoughts. Imagine, imagine. Imagine, imagine. You don't know, your, your rationality is being it has been colonized, and what you are thinking that you are thinking, you don't know explain it anymore. Manipulating your thoughts, giving you pictures. I see somebody coming out with that bomb in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because each time the Holy Spirit is unraveling things like this, he wants somebody to be blessed. Yeah. He knows somebody is a victim of that. Each time the truth is revealed, there must be liberation. Yeah. When you know the truth, that truth will set you free. In that area, the truth is being addressed. And anyone who is here who is a victim of mental torture, emotional torture, all kinds of spirit, you know, spirit thoughts are weighing you down and tearing you to pieces. On the sound of my voice, you are liberated in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Peter said, singing. But Peter walked. He walked on the same water. One officer is singing in the same water. What happened here? Is it that the water here was stronger than this one? How can his thinking alone affect everything? It could ask me. When I'm dealing with spirits, right? look at me. Everyone, look at me now. Yeah? Look at me now. We need to understand that God has given us a spirit. And I'm standing here, there's a spirit behind me. There's a spirit that we partner with in baptism. All of us have been partnered with spirit. I'm not working alone. That spirit every day is a spirit that wants to make sure that I belong to him exclusively in all things. He wants to colonize my mind, my thoughts, my emotions, my everything. That spirit wants to make sure that my life is properly guided in one direction. If you want to see that spirit manifest his energy, you must learn to live for that spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, Peter, naturally, I want you to look at me, everybody. Look at me. Don't go anywhere now. Right? We're here. I want you to catch this mystery from the people. I have to reflect on this so much that I was basically in the same boat with the disciples. You know, all these things that happen in scriptures, you have the book version or the script version. Where God can take you into that realm again 
and you truly see what has happened. If you know the amount of fear, can imagine they claim and they say, right now, say your last prayers because we don't know the fate of this aircraft now. We have lost our two engines and uh, uh, a part of the border of the plane is on fire. Imagine you are for 5,000 miles above the sea level and this news is new to you. You will see that both the Muslim and the Hindu and the Christians know how to speak in tongues. All the people who are busy, both those who are in first class and in the economy, yeah. eh? yeah. they will not know that at that moment they were all equal. But in first class, does not give you any edge at all. Okay? You will see that all the flexing will end. Yeah, sorry. Everybody will ruin their suit and all the classy lifestyle, all of them will drop because now. Life and death before us. So that was the kind of scenario where the disciples were in that boat, gasping for life. The boat will go up this way, and this is going to turn on the corner. It's like Jesus living new and kept quiet. At a point, nobody was controlling the boat any longer. Everybody had to hold in peace. So in case it takes off and they think you can have something to hold on to and soon and come out. Hello? It was in this kind of scenario that Jesus now showed up and it was in the early morning hours. So Peter engaged his faith and his faith worked for a moment without faith lacked energy. That's why he couldn't sustain it. You will come from Bible class. You will hear the word of God become so strong. You start go back now. This is not moving again. But you go back, yes. One week, you are strong. Two weeks, ah. You are like down again. That's why you need to learn to build your energy to be strong enough to carry you through every disaster. So that when that fear comes, it won't have impact on So Peter started singing. And Peter screamed, Master, save me! And we know it's sure. And held his hand. He didn't say Peter, why did you do that? He rebuked Peter. He said, Peter, why did you do that? He rebuked him. I said, look at me. I said, look at him. Peter summoned the courage and the energy came back again. And he left. And they walked again. This time, Peter walked confidently. I'm sure, even when he came close to the boat, he was sitting there and said, Jesus, where are we heading to? So he enjoyed. That's that scenario. And after that, he stepped into the boat. Now, listen. If you go through that scripture, you will hear that as they stepped into the boat, the storm and the waves on their own ceased. Do you know why those storms in your life are sitting there? You have not addressed them properly. You have not learned to trample under them. You are still praying to God to change the story. You are the one to change the story. Walk on that storm. Trample on that wave. Learn to put 
women of faith and refuse to be intimidated by the rowing of anything at all. It could be sickness. They just give a report about something. He starts screaming, Hi, God, why? How can I survive this? No, 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 no. And take your flim destiny 
without hearing the voice of God. Is there any Christian who wants to make landmark impact both in his own life and the life of the people around him must be someone who must hear the voice of God part time. Anything you are doing must be teleguided by the voice of God. Because you are no longer living your own life. Hey, it must dawn on you. This life you have now is not your personal property in London. It is a value you took in baptism. You are, you are living for him now. But when you, when, you, when, you, when you wrestle with God and pull your life out of him and say, I will live it the way I want, then you are living your own life. Then there are consequences that go with that type of lifestyle. You didn't know, the day you were baptized, you lost your self ownership. You lost it. Say, I've lost my self ownership. Say it well, say it well. I have lost my self ownership. Me, me. I have lost. I have lost my self ownership. My self ownership. I no longer own myself. I no longer own myself. Jesus owns me. Jesus owns me. My life. My life is delegated. by what He wants. By what He wants. Not what I want. Not what I want. Of course, saying it coolly because there is no implication. I said, I said, this guy said all this, but that's the reality. It goes down to the details of your life. Everything that has to do with your personal existence must come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To the color of the clothes you put on, to the type of fashion you put on, to the language that comes out of your tongue, to the choices of how you will live your full life, if you like, Let me tell you the life of the Spirit. Even if you have the money now and say, Oh, I need to just go to Dubai and fresh up, you must go and ask me, Master, uh, this is the situation ground. I would like to go to Dubai and have some fun. Benita, you must have a spirit free way to go. If you see that you lack like peace, don't go. He's telling you, don't go. But I said, No, uh-uh. must I ask God for everything? Hey. You must ask God for everything. When trouble comes, then must all trouble be table to God. That's the problem of many Christians because they're not living the life of the voice of the master. Paul was going somewhere. All of a sudden, the spirit that you know, directed him to go to where? Macedonia. That's a man that lives on the voice of God. How many times have that voice? Stopped you from one thing or the other. Asked you to do something or the other. How many times? Because part of what Christ has invented in us is the Spirit. He has bequeathed the Spirit to us. So as we go about, we're not taking this step because I like to take this step. I'm taking this step because there's a spirit prompting the every step I take. Every day I yield to that spirit to flood my mind, take over my mental system, take over my emotional system, take over my body system, so that anything I'm trying to do by reason of my rationality, by my emotion, by my activities, 
That spirit is watching me 247 to make sure that whatever I'm doing must give credit to the one who loved me and gave his life for me. Shout a big amen. Amen. Do you know what? That spirit is called the king of all spirits. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost.
Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting blessed? Yes. The great powerful spirit. The greatest treasure God has given to you is that spirit. Once you are you lose your connection with that spirit, you become very carnal. You become very animalistic in your approach for life. You start living for your appetite. You start living like like for the world. You don't have the spirit of God. But when that spirit is there, it will tame your life. Your life will have some modulation. It will tune you well, you know? So that, that derogatory negative system that comes to make your life like an animal will be removed. He will take it away. He will tell you the fullness of man is the fullness of the spirit residing in that person. Hallelujah.
You cannot be holy independent of the spirit of the living God. So it is the spirit that is holy that is in you that makes you holy. And how does this spirit replace? It's like when you went to get a white garment, a white cotton, so immaculate white, and you get dye, and you don't carry that clothes and soak it inside the dye. Amen. The more the clothes stays in the dye, the more the clothes carries the color of the dye. So when you are soaked to the Holy Spirit by baptism, the more you attach yourself to the Holy Spirit, the more your spirit like that person takes the character, the color of that spirit. Shall we begin? Amen. Your holiness is not a personal property. Your holiness is what? The spirit that resides in you that casts his color or die into your spirit so that you cannot share in his holiness. So holiness is not just because you fold your hand like this and you bend your neck like this in the church. No. Holiness is as a result of the spirit that lives in you. Oh Jesus, thank you, Lord. Are you blessed? Yes. Say, I'm holy. I am holy. Because of the Spirit of God in me. Because of the Spirit of God in me. I live for Him only. I live for Him only. Henceforth, Henceforth, is the landlord of my life. He is the landlord of my life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the Bible says, The Lord is that Spirit. And where that Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. So, one of the colors he carries also is what liberty. They will cast liberty in your spirit. Your spirit now becomes like a carriage that carries the anointing of liberation. That means that the darkness in this world that covers the earth, that is governed by the spirit of slavery, that tries to turn men to slaves, that spirit in you, when this force come, like the water, like the wave, that came and turned the disciples to slaves in the boat, clamoring to see how they can live out of fear. They were slaves for the day they had But when Peter caught this same spirit, what happened? He stepped out and they started walking as a master. When he heard the voice of the true spirit of God, come all the slave mentality. Survival mentality, eh? fear mentality, all disappeared. Peter said, What? And stepped into the water. But the last week came and said, No, you still belong to us. You are a slave. You will die. You will die. Fear came in again. And Peter was sinking. And Christ came again and said, No, you belong to me. And then there was a battle between grace and death. The one you yield to will be the one that will be the Lord of your life. You can pray, 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 pray. At the end of it all, it is which spirit that dominates your heart? Which voice are you hearing more? Are we together here? You must catch these nuances in a Christian work of faith. Vast work, Christians out there, can't you don't know this? Hey, bring charm here, I'll kill you. I know that charm has come because there's a spirit behind it. I mean, what me? There's a spirit. Behind me too. So it is spirit versus uh, spirit. 
And my own spirit is what? The king of all spirit. I will come and match the town. It's not a prayer thing. It is what is your consciousness. For me and you now. Hey, hey, hey. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. You start spending hold on it because you're not conscious of the spirit that is following you. Oh, this is. I don't know. I think. Uh, let's change the topic. Let's start talking about opera and. Oh God, for my for what you say. Let there be therefore. So that we can have enough food to eat. Oh God, change change that situation for us. No, I think that's okay. Brian, let us do some prayer measures. Amen. You must put this things into practice. You must consciously build your mind. What are you conscious of? Say, there's a spirit following me. There's a spirit following me. Assigned in spirit to you, and one spirit see blood they activated. Because the land where spirits come aside is blood. We are looking at Christ, you ask if you don't know. It's not true. <laughs> is it not true? It's true. And then the spirit, the blood that was used to assign us to a king of all spirits is the blood of the So each time we celebrate the mass and say, This is my blood, the spirit said, mm, If it was angry before, that he won't partner with us again. We renew our partner with him. He sees the blood is activated to work on our behalf. Say, so There is a spirit behind me. There is a spirit behind me. That make him happy. Stop living for men. You are meant to live for that spirit. Every day of your life, everything about your life is dedicated to that spirit. I will offend you instead of me offending my spirit. Can you imagine? My master in the office. A thought comes and makes me to offend my master. No, no. Then you don't know value. But Christians will plant that way. Disregard their spirit because of bread, because of one loaf of bread, because of one small money they are sharing. Your spirit will tell you, don't take it. You say, oh God, you understand now, you take it. You are offended your spirit. How can he fight for you now? How can he fight for you? When you don't want to listen to him. When you have betrayed him for that small appetite. Say that there is spirit with me. There is spirit with me. You don't mean someone ask to say it. He's going to ask me to tell people to say it. And he's taking it of those who really want him to have access in their lives. You think I'm doing religious uh, stories here? Say that the spirit with me. Yes, the spirit with me. I've seen.
said it many years later. To a point that my consciousness has absorbed it. When I want to do something as decent, I say, no, if I do it as decent, I will fail. I say, sorry. Master, I know you are How do I go about I know there has four ways of ministering things to me through the gates of wisdom, through the gates of understanding, through the gates of counseling. You are counseling you. In your thoughts, you still say, acting with yourself. If you bring thoughts, I'm telling you, do this, uh, do this, they will cancel you. Not like if you are confused and you come to yourself and you say, please, can you cancel me? I want to do this, I want to do this, how do I go about it? Then I will give you a stronger argument why you should go right. And you will see light in that area. I said, no. And I said, thank you very much. I think you should want to say the best. And you can do it, and then you will see the result. That means I have cancelled you to the right direction. Then all these people want to cancel it, you are acting with he won't speak like your servant, he will speak as your master. And when he speaks, he says, No, this touch is too sharp. How can? How can? You start arguing with the king of all spirits. You are arguing with the king of all spirits. You are acting. 
That's why if you are conscious of him all the time, and this happened, you will always remember his health. You are now living your life for him, not for yourself. The Bible says to live for self is death. That means you are already in, already in the ambience of death, waiting for it to manifest in different areas of your life. And death knows how to crush you over time. Death will not just emit once. It will be affecting your life. Things will be going down. Going down, going down. It will turn your peace down. Take away your joy gradually. Frustrate things in your life gradually. You just notice that things are not, there is no glory in being. All of a sudden, mentally, you are under torture. You can't sleep well. Gradually, emotionally, you are in problems, restlessness. Anger will take over. That's death at work. Amen? That is what? Death at work. It will continue until your body will start decomposing or deteriorating. Weakness will invade the chambers of your system. And that still will be speaking to you. Yeah, a human being, you know it's normal. Yes. It will be killing you and be blowing you at the same time. To be making you relax, relax. Like that frog that they put inside warm water. The frog thought that he's powerful. He didn't know that that warm water that is there is paralyzing the nerve system. The moment the water gets too hot and he wants to jump out, you notice that no, the system cannot respond again. Until eventually, when death now comes to take over, you'll be struggling. And the worst thing is that we'll be responding with material things. We think with money, we can deal with it. We think with connection, we can do with it. Ah, I want to see the best doctor. Then we say, look at this one. You will see that all of them will fail you. Say it is a spirit with me. Say it again. Say from now henceforth. I will never disregard him again. I will honor him. Say, I will honor him. I will, him. I will respect him. I will respect he deserves my attention. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's the spirit that will tap you every night, every morning. Pray, pray. When you start praying, that spirit will pray to you. To let to God call God our Father. Anything I pray, you think your prayer makes no sense. Hey, child of God, don't be deceived. All this possible prayer I'm making. The problem is that you don't understand the wealth of what is going on inside of you. So you don't, your expectation of your prayer is too shallow. Because you are not doing it consciously, you are doing it passively. And very full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst men and blessed the fruit of thy own children. You're just saying it, but you're not saying it with an awareness that there is a spirit that is involved. But I know there's a spirit involved in all my prayers. So when you have that consciousness and the spirit is involved in your prayer, then you are raising the right type of incense. There's a smoke that comes out of your temple. You don't know that each time I pray. There's an incense that comes out of you. The real incense, not this one. This one is just a symbol to remind us that in our temple, when we communicate with God and give worthy worship, there's an incense that crystallizes out of you. What causes the aroma of Christ?
you can understand them? Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't miss what I'm sharing with you now. <laughs> Don't miss what I'm sharing with you now. Take every word I'm speaking to you now very seriously. It is what it tells me that I tell you. He has taught me the dynamics in public prayer. Okay, let me just explain to you a little bit. One day, I celebrated, in, uh, I celebrated benediction. And then it was in the chapel, in the, in the big church where I was serving. And I had to come back for something in that church later in the evening. So suddenly we burned incense and there was plenty of incense inside the church. So when I came back around 1030, when we came to the church, I could see the aroma of the incense everywhere. I said, wow. So this incense is still here. Then that spirit took over, took me up with that stuff. And said, as you enter here, you perceive this aroma of the incense. He said, it's a blessing to you because it was offered when prayer was made to God. So it carries a positive energy. Blessing means positive energy for your information, right? Are we together here? Blessing. I say I should bless you. What they're asking me is, Father, please deposit in me positive energy. In power, anything. So he says, anyone who comes here in the child of God taps into positive energy by that aroma. Now, anybody who comes in and is of the devil, this incense provokes the positive energy that brings judgment. So I said, wow, I said, yes. Okay, let me show you. The authentic the Lord speaks to me, I must go and find it and it must be get the word of God. Okay, let's look at it. Sense. So he said, if you saturate your life with boiling prayer, 
And every time something is stepped into your spirit and perceive this aroma as you are perceiving it here, if the person is a child of God, gets blessed by the abundance of the incense you carry. And if the person is not of God, this incense has capacity to judge this person because that incense is what? Positive energy. Not just positive energy, but divine energy. Child of God, are we together here? Some person feeling weak with all these anointed blessings of his word that is coming. <coughs> if God was open your eyes now to see the incense here, you'll be shocked. Because every word I say is the full of incense that comes out of my mouth. But it's invisible. If you can play your heart now, seriously, God can show you. <laughs> There's a level I'll start speaking in, in to turn to fire. It's not flame that comes out. Not just my mouth, but any child of God that grows in the world. Okay, let's look at that second Corinthians, chapter 15, verse what? Chapter 2, verse 15. What, what does it say? Okay, I read. He says, For thanks be to God who always leads us triumphantly as captives in Christ. So I'm a captive in Christ. I'm a captive in Christ. I am a captive in Christ. So you're not going to slave to darkness, you're not a slave to light, alright? Good. That means you are living for Christ. And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. Say fragrance of knowledge. Fragrance of knowledge. So you see that you are spreading a fragrance. This version uses sweet smelling incense. Okay, let's see it. For we are like a sweet smelling incense mm -hmm. offered by Christ to God, mm -hmm. which spreads among those who are being saved Good. and those who are being lost. Good. Now, continue and read the other part, part. You see what is there. Mm -hmm. For those who are being lost, mm -hmm. it is a deadly stench. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. For those who don't have Christ, yeah, the aroma is a deadly stench that does what? That dying. kills. That kills. Oh, church, hey, church, church, church. You carry your Bible, but you don't know your Bible. It's a statement that is settled in heaven. For your sake. And every time you are saying, walk it, go, you are on the way. Somebody's man, come say, I will kill you. You start getting, you start, you start getting mass. Very soon, when I see those mass intentions, I'm going to read them. I tell you. Every time, oh God, we deliver from my head. Oh God, and you do this every time. Say, so I carry aroma. I carry aroma. So as you pray, as the Bible says, the Spirit helps us in our prayer. Eh? The Spirit now himself will have an aroma. He carries the aroma of Christ. He will take what is mine and what? He will deny it to you. Jesus has an aroma. The aroma is the aroma of the knowledge. That knowledge of Christ I'm giving you now. I'm transferring an aroma to you. It's an aroma of knowledge. When you see a man who is educated, eh? who is literate, who has gone high in education, and is speaking, addressing a conference, 
Amen. The way he communicates, he says, man, this guy, no, you went to school. Hi. You can feel the flex coming out of him. The way he plays with ideas and arranges them. You can understand everything. He can combine all. God is ideas from everything. Every facet he can communicate to different, different schools at the same time. And your spirit, you didn't show him certificate, but you just know it. Say aroma. Aroma. Yes. You just feel excited. You want to identify with him. Likewise, too, when you grow in the blood of Christ, it carries an aroma. The Holy Spirit takes the aroma of Christ, which himself manifests, and then transfers it to you. When wicked will come around you, child of God, listen to me, listen to me. When wicked will come around you, they can perceive the knowledge you have acquired in Christ. That knowledge, the knowledge that you have yielded yourself to, any part of Christ's word that conquers you, it transfers that knowledge there. That aroma covers it. Meaning that this is a conquer territory for Christ. He conquers your emotions, he conquers your energies, he conquers your appetite, your whole life. You can't do anything except what is inspired by Christ. Like a slave to him now. You can't choose anything without what is capturing him. You can't decide except what is capturing him. I can't just get angry with you and start dealing with you. No, no, no. It must be captured in Christ. If I do that, it means I have broken away from his notion. And now Bible is saying that if you are fully captured by him, by this knowledge, he says is a, a stench smell. That means the jealousy of God have invested in your spirit that it will come to touch you. He said, touch not my anointing. I'm a prophet. No. Whoever is touching you is touching what? The apple of my eyes. That's what the Bible says. The, the people of God will go to bed and sleep while the Lord takes care of them. All this, oh God, you see, oh God, stop it. They will say, even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, I fear no evil. For the Lord is there with his rod and staff. He comforts me. That means authority. Oh, finish up. Uh -huh. And then to, you say to the, those who are good, what happens? Take it again. For those who, who are being lost, it is a deadly stench that kills. Mm -hmm. But for those who are being saved, mm -hmm. it is a fragrance that brings life. Hey, 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 hey. There's a fragrance of knowledge that brings life to you. It pushes death away. My potential for lack of the knowledge of the fragrance. Stop living for yourself. You cannot live for self and live for the spirit. You can't have two masters. You stay at the for the spirit and enjoy what it will do for you. Oh, it's okay. Spirit, please, I can't I want to live for myself. Amen. 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 Is the word of true of us? True. Look at me, everybody. <laughs> We're taking the road in now. Eh? This word you heard today, is it true of us? It's true. That's how we live for this. King of all spirits. He's a royal spirit, man. Eh? He's a spirit of royalty. Roy, royalty. 
Where he consecrated nation eight, he puts it apart to see the place of God who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Where a royal priesthood. Say, I'm a royal priesthood. Now, for it to be a royal priesthood means that you are a royal priest to serve the spirit. All priests are meant to serve spirits. <laughs> are we together here? Yes, sir. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By baptism, we were raised a priestess, if you like. I was raised a priest by baptism. Now I've even gone further. Not just to be a priest, but a ministerial priest. You are serving a spirit. All these witch doctors, they are living for the spirit that, that rules them. Two of us. You will see them, they will tell you, I don't need money. Because my, the spirit that I serve for visit. Any spirit that you serve will communicate his culture to you. You will start living the culture of that spirit. Jesus, are we here? Yeah. Where are Abraham coming from? Hello? Hi. Do you see where Abraham is coming from? We are not living for that spirit. We think church, going to church is just going to church. We see communion and go back home. Shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! We go home. That's why that spirit cannot vouch for you. But that witch doctor has given exclusively for a negative spirit. If you're finding, you say, eh, you know who I am? Now he's backing at you and saying, you know who I am, not because of his person as physically, but because of what? A spirit behind me. He said, hey, where is he? Hey! <laughs> what is what is telling his pride or anger is the spirit behind. He will say, you today. Because he's obedient to this spirit, he can help, he can conjure power from this spirit and harm you. You're not afraid of the man because of who he is, but because of what he's into. Abby? Meet a priestess in the negative supernatural. You see how proud they are. When they, they, they say that in those days, in the holy days, eh? When two uh, cultures, two people are two different cultures are fighting, and the woman is their priestess, and she's in front, forget it. She will tie her white wrapper, white cloth on the waist, and use red on her neck, and cut like this, with her body, boy body, and move like this. Nothing you will do to them. They will be at the back. Say they're supernatural. They're supernatural. You will shoot them. At some point, she will turn the calabash this way, and all you will be seeing is cloud everywhere. You will not see human beings again. Because she can, she can manipulate nature. Until you kill her, you can't touch the people with her. And God has raised you a priest, a priestess for your family. You are from the spirit that you don't want to. You don't want to secure that government. You don't want that to determine your appetite, what you should eat and what you should not eat. You don't want it to tell you the type of food to wear. That we doctor, can he just say I'm good American? He will consult the spirit. Uh, 
I want to travel to Shall I go? No. Ah, sorry. My mother is asking him who is buying visa. He said, I can't go. My experience has no money. People of God, true or false? True. Okay, go on. You just go and tell him. I'm traveling now. I'm, I'm traveling tomorrow, lawyer. He's not going. He didn't even ask him, should I go? Just because you have made up your mind. Like when you enter the plane and you crash, you say, oh God, why? 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 And even when people ask him why, nobody will go and consult this Holy Spirit and ask, please, why do you allow her to die? She will to tell you, she didn't ask my permission. She had decided to do what she wants to do. But if she got permission from the Holy Spirit, and this Spirit eh, endorsed her traveling, no matter what happens in the air, yeah. That has been because of her alone. The plane will land. Walk me anyway. Sir Vincent de Paul, many years ago, went for a, a, a ministry to attend to the poor. And in his meeting, then he was thirsty and they asked him, he asked somebody to get some water for him. And they put the water and some people have been working against him. So they saw it as an opportunity to poison him. But because this man was no longer, he's not conscious of himself, he's given for his spirit. As he took the water, the spirit told him there's poison in this water. He heard the voice of the spirit. And he told them, ah, there's, 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 there's a poison in this water. Why? And he was about to poison this spirit. He said, no, this is an opportunity to demonstrate who we are. Drink it. And said, so said, drank it. And the person who was that came out of the room. To apologize. And they repented. And became a dissension by four by five. Say, there's a spirit involved in my life. There's a spirit involved in my life. Stop living for yourself. Stop being canal in the choice of the things you do. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you getting blessed? Yes, I said, stop living for yourself. Stop living like a, a free-range human being. God didn't create you to throw you off there to be living as you like. No, 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 no. God created you and assigned a spirit to follow you. That spirit is with you, dear child of God. Live a life with that spirit. Let him, let him. You know, manifest his aroma through you, his character through you, his glory through you, his power through you. The Bible says you have not received the spirit of humility, but the spirit that Christ has our Father. You have received the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of sound mind. We are condemned to love, we can't hate again, because that spirit has permitted someone that has lost the capacity to hold hatred and bitterness and unnecessary insensitivity. Hey, because it is me. It becomes so petty. They are living in the flesh. Any small toss you down. No! You are living with the spirit involved in your life. When the flesh demands that you shut the flesh down, say, No, I'm living with the spirit, not for you. It's a sweet fellowship to be with the spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Say amen now. Amen. Ay, 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 ay. This has been my confidence for years. 
no matter how circumstances and situations drags me around, I will always go back to the Spirit and listen to Him. And because it's a spirit of God's prayer, that's very bad because it's a spirit of Christ our Father. You want to stir up prayer in your life. When you sit down and neglect prayer for a long time, you are resisting the spirit. When we are always looking for more of us to receive the blood and blood of Christ, to hear the voice of the blood that partners the spirit, that enforces the spirit to be with you, you are busy dozing and sleeping. You don't know what to do to yourself. Those in the negative supernatural are every time going to the covens. Are you a Christian? You will lie down for two weeks. For no just cause. And you go to office to go and fight somebody who is going to witch doctor and going to witch coven every night, spending four hours at night there. You think you win because you say I'm a Christian. You will fail and fail very, very well. Because I don't discipline the spirit that has happened. I said it. The level of your commitment and fellowship with this spirit will determine the glory the government has put over you. I've seen very dangerous things in my life because of the prayers of the spirit, even when I was aware. Somebody died mysteriously because he harassed me as a priest. Of our land issue. The land of the church of God was a fake land. I was asking to pay back money. He refused and insulted me. Walked me out of the palace of the king. I said, okay, sorry. If this what I'm wearing is owned by Vincent, then go free. But if I'm serving a spirit, then let us see what will happen. I entered my car. Why I was driving? I said, Holy Spirit, you say I should give you a report of whatever is happening. I'm giving you an official report. This man has refused. Look at the way he has insulted the precious people of God. No one insults the ecclesia. Nobody insults those in the Senate and don't go to prison. It's a violation of the law of the Spirit. I said, Lord, let him see his punishment. He said, decreed. I said, okay. I took my grandpa. No, it's got me. I started passing sentence. Started passing sentence. After I finished, I hit it back home. In the name of Jesus Christ, I left. Three weeks after that, they smoked him out of this the village where he was staying. His throne was like this. For two weeks, three weeks, they had to the toilet, and he was dying. And others left their mess up. And there was fear in the village. Talk it to me as if I'm bragging too much. But I know something. The spirit is me. If you honor him, you'll be shocked how he turn your life around. You'll be shocked how he preserve you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God gave you the spirit and you are falling with yourself, jumping around. Oh, may you not suffer disaster. Because the spirit turn his back against you. Amen. The Bible says, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. Because he, see, because he likes prayer. He will make you. He will give you appetite for prayer. He will tell you pray, pray, let's pray, let's pray. Tell us what he, let's pray. See, 
joy is not long prayer, but how responsive you are whenever he has to pray. You're in a place, it's so crowded. Just look for a toilet, enter there. Three minutes, you're there. You're not there for anything, you're there. Thank you. You just offer some incense. Every word you say from your, the depth of your heart to God is an incense you're praying. Learn to intermittently allow your temple to produce incense all the time. You are driving, you are raising incense. You are in the kitchen, you are raising incense. You are in the toilet, you are raising incense. Keep raising incense. It's mixing with the prayers of the saints in heaven. Because in heaven too, they are raising incense. And when you mix with the prayers of the people of God, God mixes that prayer and they fire together. The Bible says when the cloud is full of rain, it will empty itself. God will answer you by fire. Amen. This is how you build yourself strong. So that's the life spirit. So if you want to plant up a king of all spirits, the spirit of royalty, let your yield to when he has to pray. Some night you wake up. During the day at home, just watch television. All of a sudden, that is it, pray. Shut down that TV or leave it. And now we're going to go to the Lord. minutes. Give it to him. Stop being too busy for nothing. Number two, that spirit is a spirit that quickens. It quickens your spirit. It quickens you to become aware of God so much that their awareness of this side cannot drown your awareness of God. To quicken your bones. If your body is trying to deteriorate and for sickness to take over, that's the quicken your bones to have the capacity to resist sickness. It's a quickening spirit to quicken your mind. Your mind will be dull to make your mind smart spiritually. Amen. Mm-hmm. There are some Christian systems that are so timid in their faith, timid in their prayer life, timid in their dialogue with God. They are always timid. They don't even know what to say. You know, they must look for someone to help them, help them, help them all the time. No. But this becomes you start building your mind, building your emotions. You don't just get angry anyhow again. To tame your emotions. To quicken it towards gentility. Gentleness will flow in your, your mind. You don't react again, you respond. That's the spirit that quickens. It's a spirit of liberty because it's there. Nobody can tie your leg, your leg or your hands. It is that declares liberty. And when it declares liberty, the mess in the spirit does that. The spirit begins to train you to form militancy. You will notice that there's this boldness you have in your tummy. There's a boldness. No boldness as arrogance, no. But boldness as standing on the word of God. When the devil starts to, you know, with Bonnie, try to twist your mind to you know, trust in the word of God, that you say, no, stand the word. Stand the word. It helps you to have concrete, you know, uh, uh, strength. Concrete strength in the word of God. That no matter what, what, what the, the situation, you will still believe the word of God even when I enter the grave. It builds that militancy in you. When they want to threaten you, that thing will say, No, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And you start militancy come out of you. As the militancy is growing in you, you will learn to fight in your mind. Fear will tell you you are going down. You say, No, I'm not going down. I refuse to go down. I refuse to be intimidated. You make no move. You don't need to move again. They really can't see. They go themselves. Every time you are ready to defend the faith of the word of God, you want to defend the court of God, you want to stand for God, 
This is what this thing produces inside. And as you walk in this, the level of your royalty will increase. You don't just walk anyhow again. You will take steps. There is this calmness you command. Everywhere is on fire. There is this calmness you command. And that spirit will start assigning angels in your life. He is there when you assign angels who minister to you the grace of salvation. The level of the angel that, that you command your life will determine by the quality of royalty you are saying producing your life. And the royalty has to do with how much interest you have in the heart of the king. Oh, Jesus. Are we, like, are we going to hire you? Are we still here? Yes, Hmm. This one has gone to Australia. Oh, I'm still trying to clear our papers. Hey, can somebody help her to come back? Because this will come back from God. Amen. Amen. So, I just share with you a testimony now. Hmm? I would like to give that testimony to just to your lesson. You see, that's the happen not because I was wicked. That's the happen not because I was so much. That's the happen because that spirit has vested interest in me. You're not catching it yet. Just like Wives, if you see a man who is defending his wife, somebody comes and insults your wife, uh, the man goes to fight for the wife. Eh? Not because the wife doesn't make mistakes, but because the man has vested interest in the woman, and so he must defend his territory. Amen? Amen. If they have any personal issue, when they go home, certain But there, that man will tell this person, harass his wife, excuse me, enough is enough. I think I've taught you a lesson today. From now henceforth, if I wish you to me, come to me, not my wife. It's vested interest. The spirit has vested interest in you. I want you to know that. As long as a wife is pursuing the interest of a man, even if he's a bad woman, the man will keep him. Two of us. Answer me well now. True. Women, are you there? Yes. So, mom will say, Father, do you know why I like this man? Not because she gave my mouth to this woman. Father, I like her. We are working together. But the problem is her bad mouth, which doesn't mean much, much to me. Because what, what my interest, she's protecting my interest. Mm. Now, this Holy Spirit has eh, interest. <laughs> so say he will take what is mine and do what? Deliver it to you. So as long as you are working for the interest of the spirit, say interest. Interest. He will rob his reality. You will feel the government of the spirit around your life. His jealousy will be around you. So that whoever touches you, you say, why? Stop. We don't know how to implicate our spirits. If you know how to implicate the Spirit of God in your life, you will see as all this time I fire will stop. Let's provoke him. 
or his royalty will be manifest.
That means that it is golden. That means it's spirit of power. His power erupts through me. And not the spirit of anointing erupts through me. So say the spirit of God is upon me. You see, he was a man who was conscious of that spirit. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Meaning he has given authority to preach good news to the poor. To say the captain. So anything Christ was doing, it was that spirit that was prompting him. From today, I decree by the Holy Spirit that you will begin to walk by that spirit in the mighty name of Amen. Whatever effort the enemy is making to cut your consciousness from that spirit, we fail in the mighty name of Amen. Your mind be implicated by that spirit. Amen. Your emotion be implicated by that spirit. Amen. Your body be subdued by that spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 5. Are we together here? Yes. Paul says that the Holy Spirit 
has poured the love of God into our hearts. So the Holy Spirit took the love of God, took what belongs to Christ, and then did what poured it in our hearts. And he said, that love cannot disappoint us. Your confidence in the King of all Spirit can never disappoint you. If God says a word and the Spirit brings it to your heart, it can never fail.
mighty name. Thank you for his presence. We need to recommend yourself to him. He is here with us. Even though we celebrate the birthday of Christmas, he is ever with us. We need to reconnect yourself to him. He is there for us all the time. Begin to come under his wings. Come under his government. May he begin to be the Lord of your life. May he instrumentalize his presence in your, in your, in your, in your heart. He's called the Spirit of the Presence. He's called the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. He's called the Excellent Spirit. He's called the Spirit of Quickness. The Spirit of Christ, our Father. He's called the Spirit of Holiness. He is the Spirit of Power. He is the Spirit of Sound Mind. When it comes to your life, your mind.